What's all the buzz about in the design industry? You'll find out soon. My name is Antonio Holm, and I am the founder and creative director of Studio 321B Limited. We're a Toronto-based studio that designs and creates some of the most magnificent bespoke area rugs. Welcome to our New Year's first episode of Bespoke with Jess Kelly from Jessica Kelly Designs. Hello, Jess. How are you? Hi. Thanks for having me. Delighted to it's be here. It's my pleasure to have you on our show, on our podcast. So what inspired you to get into interior design? So I have one of those stories where I was somewhat forced into it. I was working for an agency downtown and I actually got fired. <laughs> and I still remember calling up my mom and saying, you know, crying and saying, I just got fired. You know, what am I going to do? And she's like, oh, well, that, that's easy. You'll just go back to school for design and do what you've always wanted to do, which is totally what I did. So I went to Sheridan and I studied interior decorating. And yeah, I started taking on clients when I was in school and never worked for anyone else, which you could see as maybe, you know, no, not beneficiary, but also, you know, in the sense that I, I made my own mistakes and learned quickly from my own my own mistakes and sort of developed my own process. And yeah, started out with small spaces and condos and male bachelor pads and have just evolved ever since. Fantastic. I studied at Sheridan as well when yeah, I was it working was a great for that. School. It's amazing. I mean, yeah. my undergrad was something else, but yeah, yeah <laughs> to design, right? Yeah. And, you know, I love designing rugs, so it all paid off. It all worked yeah. out well. So yeah. How would you classify like your design style? Like, So we like to use the phrase contemporary with character. So we design, you know, approachable, comfortable, contemporary spaces. But what I like to stress is adding unique pieces, whether it's antiques or architectural salvage or vintage, just anything that makes it feel you know, as you would use the word bespoke, anything that makes the space feel unique, but also personal. Amazing. And yeah, I love your work. I mean, I've seen oh, it, you, you know, we follow you on Instagram. We work very closely with you. So yeah, well, I appreciate you. We've, so, you've been in the business for a long time. You, uh, you appreciate your supplier. So I, I feel the same way. We appreciate you right back. Tell, I'm telling you. Mm -hmm. So, but you know, for a new designer coming into the industry, what advice would you give her? Like some of the young ones that are up and coming, you know, who are still studying at Sheridan and Ryerson and all the other famous places and OCAD. Yeah, you know, something that I regret not learning more of when I started out was more of a business background, because honestly, so much of what you do if you start your own business is the business side of it and not just the fun design side of it. So much of it is project management. It's not, like I said, doing the creative fun stuff all the time. It, it's the business side of it. And, you know, I came into it with a bit of a marketing background because that was uh, what I was doing before I went into interior design. So that helped me a little bit. And I, I did create a bit of a niche with, you know, I was known as the small space girl or the girl that could do the bachelor pads. And, and that did, you know, that did help with my success at the time. There's obviously a cap to that, but I guess my, my piece of advice would be like, get as much experience as you can on the business side of things so that, you know, there is, 
there is structure, take as many courses as you can. And now there's like so many great designers like, you know, Kimberly Selden and Rebecca Hay and offering, you know, these programs to designers to, to speak to pricing and contracts and investment guides and all those things. As many, taking as many of those things as you can is, is very beneficial, but also if you can figure out a way to niche too, I think that's important because just like the real estate industry market in Toronto, the interior design industry is, it is saturated with designers. There are a lot of designers. That being said, I still think there's enough money in Toronto. I still think that there's enough for, for the work to go around. And, and, you know, if your work is good and, and people like you, then, you know, I think that the success will be there. No, and I agree. I mean, take as many lessons as you can. We're finding that there's some components missing. Like we had a lunch and learn here yesterday. It was just amazing. And, you know, some new and up and coming designers are missing like color harmony. They don't understand enough about the products and the construction and, you know, and when you speak bespoke, I mean, that's a whole different world in itself. Right. Yeah. So I'm wondering if, you know, some more courses like that being offered in, in some of the learning facilities would be beneficial. What do you Oh, absolutely. I think so too. I think that, you know, composition in products and, you know, if you're going to be dealing with high-end clients, you need to know what your material makes makeups are and what your, you know, the composition of your countertops and all of those things before you suggest them to the client. Because if they turn around and come back to you because something is broken down, well, that's, if you're managing the, the project, then that's on you, you know, and that's, that's how we that's what we do for clients. Like, because we're managing the project and we, you know, our, our clients pay us a good fee to manage it. You know, we're also taking on that responsibility of fixing it when something goes wrong. Risk management. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. I understand. So, you know, you've done a lot of great projects, which one's probably one of your most memorable or which projects are most memorable? Oh, it's so hard to say, you know, I mean, obviously every designer wants a project where they can be involved from start to finish, where they have their hands on the initial architectural plans, and then it's the material selection and also the decorating. We're currently working on a project. It is a bit of a dream project now. It's not It's not going to be finished probably until the end of the year, but it has all of those things involved. We started we started probably three years ago, I think in 2019. It has been a slower project, but that's kind of because the client has been enjoying taking her time. It's, it hasn't been stressful in the sense that, you know, she's just happy where she is. It's her dream house and it's been moving at a bit of a, a turtle's pace. But that being said, you know, we're doing all the material selection. We have a very healthy budget and then we're moving on with all of the decorating. So I'm obviously very much looking forward to having it photographed. I I think that too, with a project, it's not just necessarily what the design of it, but honestly, like when you've been in the business for a while, the people are just as important because I have years where I deal with honestly nightmare clients that just like literally want to make you leave the industry. And then I have, you know, a project like the project I'm talking about now, it's the client like literally could not be lovelier. And it makes what you do so much more enjoyable. And I think that goes the same with your, you know, your suppliers and 
who you work with. When you can wake up and be like, okay, I'm looking forward to tackling the day today, then that's that makes it all worthwhile, right? I, I totally agree. I totally agree. It's all about connections, personalities, yeah. you know, horizontal relationships instead of vertical where you're both yeah. on the same page and totally. you know, everything is going yeah. well and you're communicating well. I mean, you know, one of my greatest challenges, I find that communication sometimes breaks down because someone has an idea in their head and they're trying to convey it to us and we're just not grasping it because, you know, we're speaking in different languages. Yes. So. Yeah. And, you know, you've, you mentioned some challenges. I'm sure we all go through challenges. Do you want to mention like one of your challenges that you faced and how you resolved it? Cause that's pretty big. I mean, you know, we all, we all go through challenges and it's how we handle it. And, you know, what shows our character as a person, like, you know, we've messed up on rugs in the past, right. But we've stood by what we do. It's like, okay, we made the mistake. It's on us. So we'll correct it. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's the biggest thing. I think to me, when I look for a supplier or a trade or anything similar to how a client would look for me is like, as you say, we all do make mistakes. And this is an industry where honestly, like who's kidding who there, are, there is lots of room for error, but I think it's how you approach the error, how you make it better, you know, and if you care or not. And that is the biggest thing that I look for when I'm hiring a trade or looking for a supplier is, is the amount of care you, you have, because if you make a mistake, you know, that's one thing we're going to figure out a way to fix it. But like, if you care about fixing it, you know, how much do you care about fixing it? That to me is the biggest, is the biggest factor. And, you know, like I've, I've made mistakes. I've like, I put a unit in for a client that she had removed the, the veneer in the back of the built-in and, and I forgot to tell the, the mill worker that, and I had to remove the, and pay for the whole new unit. And it was just a, but this is, a, this is an example of the client that I was dealing with at the time was, was not pleasant. And she made me extra anxious. And as a, like, as a result, I just wasn't doing my job properly. Right. And I find that that happens with clients that give you anxiety or clients that aren't as nice. You end up, so, it's just a, a comedy of errors. Like I, I had that happen with, with another client recently that, you know, it was such a tiny project and, you know, the communication just wasn't smooth and therefore like stuff happens. Right. Whereas when you're, as you say, when you speak horizontally and when you're on the same page, just like, you know, there, there's a harmonious sort of thing that happens that it just, you know, everyone's happy in the end. No, and I agree with you. I mean, you know what? If you have a pleasant client that you're working with, an understanding client, it is yeah. so much easier than, yeah. you know what? You made this mistake. It's all on you. You're going to pay for it, you know? Yeah. And, and then it's a and snowball effect because you're chasing and, and it's like yeah. you're second guessing yourself, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think it's just like making up for it in the meantime. Like we had a, we had a supplier that, you know, he didn't give me the right yardage for an ottoman and felt really badly about it. And he made her you know, a temporary ottoman so that she could have it for the holidays. And like, that's what you do when you care, right? Like he admitted that it was his mistake. And I think those kind of things, that means I'm like, for sure, I'm going to use you again. You know, you admitted that you were wrong and you are making up for your mistake. And that's what I look for. No, I'm totally with you. I mean, it's all about credibility, right? Yeah. So, yeah. and you know, long-term relationships and protecting people. Yeah. So color theory for this year, like, what colors do you see 
coming up? What colors are you working with? Because, oh, you know, I love color, right? You can tell, look at my yeah. <laughs> it's funny because honestly, like there has been, there was such a switch to like, to neutrals the last couple of years, like, you know, not, not for lack of texture, but there was a lot of neutrals. Whereas this year, I think you are going to see some more color. Like I always like using color. I think you're going to go back again to like buttery yellows and some like Cabernet colors and, you know, just richer hues. Like I'm really into Fairwind Ball's studio green right now, like any sort of, or like sagey type greens I'm really into. Again, like nothing that they're still rich and deep colors, but in the way of neutrals, almost to a sense, like you're not seeing fuchsias or like, you know, vibrant oranges, I don't think, but those really deep hues, you're going to see a, a huge return. I, I think I've been seeing that and, I, and I'm excited for that. No, I'm excited as well. I mean, I'm so tired of gray and beige and yeah. grease. And... I love that creams are back and yellows are back and, you know, the, the yeah, no, no more gray. <laughs> no, they're soothing colors. I mean, yeah. like, you know what, it, a space is a space and it's how you feel in that space. Yeah. Like, I think, you know, since we've been living in gray and beige, we've all like kind of phased out. It's like, whoa. I mean, I love color. Okay. Yeah. I really love color. It yeah. makes me happy. Yeah, you know, but I've gone to some projects and it's like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, we're doing this again. Okay, great. Yeah, <laughs> <no problem. laughs> it's like, you know, but now I'm glad that those colors are coming, especially the greens. They're just so serene. I'm loving greens right now. Yeah. So you know, in closing, just give us a little bit of information about yourself, your company, you know, the kind of clients that you work with, and of course, like, you know, your email address because. There's more than designers watching our podcast. <laughs> so we're here to support you. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Um, so we've been in business for, I, I always think, feel like I'm so old when I say this, but over 15 years now, we have an office located in uh, Carla and Dundas area. I have a team of two to three other staff, depending on how busy we are. So we have an associate designer and then an operations manager, and then another senior designer. My associate looks after all of our drawings and uh, she will often help me with sourcing and also management. And then my operations manager is involved in all of our invoicing, but also the procurement of all of our um, executing um, all of our purchases. So our process works such that we work on three phases, so initial consultation, and then after that consultation where we get a sense of the scope of work and the project, we put together a design agreement with the scope of work, and it also includes the price, the fixed fee price for our design phase of the project. So we do quote fixed fee. I've been in the industry for a long time now, and I just find that giving clients an opportunity to budget for a designer is so much more beneficial. I just find that when you know what the price is going to be upfront, then it, like I said, allows you to budget for a designer and, and there's transparency there. And then our management phase is priced as a percentage of the budget. So anything under hundred K is 20%. And then once you go over that, then it drops down to 18. It's a sliding scale. Our management, like I said, is, you know, you talked about risk management. It's, it's a huge part of our business, managing the trades, managing the purchases, 
deliveries, site checks, all of those things. It it allows us to really look after everything for our clients and, and take all of the guest work out of specifically large projects, but also small projects too. So we work on anything from, you know, one room redesign to, you know, full gut jobs, renovations and um, new builds as well. So Fantastic. And yeah. your email contact information? Uh, email is jesse, J-E-S-S-I-E at jessicakellydesign.com. And then our Instagram is at jessicakellydesign and our website, which is actually just been recently updated. So definitely check that out is jessicakellydesign.com. Fantastic. And last question before closing, when's little Virginia taking over the company? Oh, geez. Yeah, I have a uh, three and a half year old daughter and um, <laughs> her. It's so funny because her uh, daycare teacher told me today, she's like, she is my strongest person in my in this class. She's like, she is going to be such a leader. And it's funny, like, I consider myself, you know, a little bit shy and I've never been, you know, a total extroverted person. And it's funny when we, you know, make this offspring that is so completely different than ourselves. So, yes, you just, you just wait. She might be yeah, running my, my company someday. Love to work with her. Amazing. Uh, thank you, Jess. And yeah. thank you for taking the time today. No, thank you I so really much for uh, including me. And uh, we love working with you and appreciate everything you do for us. So same totally the same you're just magical i love working with you as well appreciate that 